This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. Listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Good morning, everybody. Broadcasting again from lovely San Diego. It's actually a little chilly this morning, Ahanu. Can you believe that? Because we actually went out and got a bite to eat and we came out and we thought it was raining. We didn't know what to do. And it turned out to be a water sprinkler. <laughs> they were watering their grass. I know. Wasn't that so funny? <laughs> I, you know what? It just reminded me in a split second of being back home in Ireland to see the ground wet and that fine mist. And uh, it was such a surprise. I know. I I was like, what? It's raining. I was like, I'm going to get wet. I might melt. I think we are in a delusion or in an illusion here in San Diego. It's wishful thinking, huh? I do too. But gosh, it was a shocker, wasn't it? Sure but the cloud, the actual sky is a little cloudy today. Now it could just be because it's early. Sometimes it's like this in the morning, and then it it clears up. But We've actually had uh, beautiful weather here this summer. We really can't complain, actually, can we? In fact, you do get used to it, I have to say. You do. You do. And, of course, it leads us into our program today about health because, you know, when you have your health, then you can enjoy everything. Isn't that really the case? Yeah, that and some cashola in the pocket, I think. Cashola, I know. (laughs) (laughs) My God, it's hard to extract that these days, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I know, I know. Oh, it's true. Although we do have our problems here, and, and we will be uh, once again having our wonderful Penny Kelly on. She's getting to be quite a regular uh, on our show, but we are going to be continuing our discussion on health that we had a few weeks back with her. And I, I do want to ask her when she comes on what she thinks about the reports of the radiation in this area, Hanno, because... In the past few weeks, we've we've heard a report that says uh, that our atmosphere is completely saturated with radiation now from Fukushima. In fact, uh, they mentioned Alaska, Hawaii, Washington State, Oregon, and California being the worst, and that it has uh, gotten into uh, our fish in the ocean. And things like that. So, in fact, they even went on to say that a lot of the Midwest, they have found the radiation uh, coming through the crops there. So, um, I mean, this particular person said that the only place free of it was a little area of Florida. And even that would be saturated within five years. Now, I really would like to see, uh, once we bring her on and we introduce her and everything, to see what what she says about that, because uh, people have left the country because of that. Absolutely, and you know, I'm starting to get a sensation in my own thyroid, uh, kind of a difficulty in swallowing, or it's like as if there's a lump there somewhere, and I'm wondering where that's coming from. But I wonder, is there some metaphysical, deeper thing going on in terms of that thyroid being connected to the throat chakra and the ability to speak the truth? And the more we arrive closer and closer to a, a fundamental truth, it seems that there's this 
orchestration to prevent people from speaking the truth in whatever ways and means uh, is possible. So I don't know if there's a connection to that, but we'll find out today. Well, do you want to bring her on, Hannah? Do you have well, any we announcements we first? Do, we do. We have some announcements that I want to go through. And, of course, our first one is the 8 Steps to Freedom. That is available at 8stepstofreedom.com. Number 8-steps-2-freedom.com. And don't forget Angel Rose's book, A Time of Change. That is just an absolute must-have for this time period at timeofchange.info. And her new book, The Nature of Reality, is coming out shortly, too. And that can be pre-ordered at the nature of reality dot info, and that's also really worth getting in the line for because there's some amazing things in there. She's working feverishly away at it as we speak, but the nature of reality is worth getting hold of also. And if you were to do a search actually on Amazon or Amazon Kindle or any of those formats, you will actually find those books. But if you were to go to those websites, you'll get it from us directly. Can you tell them about how we need them? to sign up on our YouTube channel, Ahano, so that we can, we're really looking into switching over our services to video and TV. And we, in order for us to be able to do that on YouTube, we need uh, a certain amount of people to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So Ahano, can you tell people how to do that? I'm glad you brought that up, Angel Rose. Certainly, if you go to youtube.com and then either search for Ahanu or Angel Rose or if you if you're adept at the computer you can just type in the full address of ours our channel is called Ahanu and Angel Rose and that's all together all one word Ahanu and Angel Rose let me spell Angel Rose because oh, Ahanu too. Spell, <laughs> maybe I'd better <laughs> spell it all out we picked these absolutely difficult names but Ahanu is A-H-O-N-U and A-N-D, and Angel Rose, I'll spell that out. It's all one word, too. It's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E. Actually, when you do get a handle on it, it's easy to remember because it's like two words together, Anne and Gail, together. And together they form the angel. Yeah, and the they form, or they actually, it means the angel in the Irish language. He insists on saying that all the time, and I feel like I'm anything but an angel. Uh-huh. You are my angel, Angel Rhodes. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to this. All right. We've just got a couple more little quickies to go through here. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, World of Empowerment presents the online group Akashic Record sessions, and that is free every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, and whatever time it is in your own time zone. But do tune in. It's free. You'll get the details at worldofempowerment.com. And you can actually ask all kinds of world and cosmic and universal questions there about what's going on and anything, any questions you like, as long as they're not personal. And it's a wonderful service that we're performing, and we've got amazing feedback from it from people all over the world. Do check that out, worldofempowerment.com. And, of course, the transcripts from that take a lot of time we work on them all through the weeks following and they're being turned into ebooks for Amazon Kindle and you can actually order them as CDs or MP3 downloads. But the full details of that are on worldofempowerment.com. A real must-have. Now, due to popular demand, Angel Rose will be teaching people how to read the Akashic Records in an exclusive once-off training that will take place in September. And if you're interested... 
go to either angelrose.com or worldofempowerment.com and you'll find out more information about that. But do get on our mailing list so you'll be notified about it. All right, Ahana, we need to bring on Penny. She's been patiently waiting on hold. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, we had Penny Kelly on speaking about her book, Getting Well Again Naturally, From the Soil to the Stomach. And this week we have her back again to pick up where we left off because we really didn't have enough time, did we, Angel Rose, during that discussion? And it was it was so well received. We got such great feedback from that because she was outlining many, many different ways, which is easy, natural ways that people can actually um, get well again naturally. And we will just kind of reflect on some of those very briefly today so that we can pick up where we left off. So... We've had Penny Kelly on several times discussing consciousness and energy and her work with Dr. Levengood on crop circles, bovine incisions, her encounter with the elves of Lily Hill Farm and her subsequent book of that name, and of course her learning center that she opened at Lily Hill Farm in Lawton, Michigan. And for those of you that may have missed those previous episodes of ours, let me give you a tiny little update. Penny Kelly is a writer, teacher, she's a consultant, a speaker, a publisher, and a naturopathic physician, and she's been researching and exploring consciousness, cognition, perception, and intelligence for over 30 years, and she has written six books of her own, while at the same time publishes books on the subjects of spirituality and health for others. She has shared with us her experiences of consciousness and the growth of awareness, and the most recent time we discussed dreams and whether Jesus actually ever really lived or not. And that was a riveting discussion, wasn't it, Angel Rose? <laughs> so today we're going to go back to our discussion about health and her book, Getting Well Again Naturally, From the Soil to the Stomach. So, it's an extraordinary book that illuminates why millions of people are degenerating into ill health. When the author comes down with severe rheumatoid arthritis, she embarks on a path to heal herself and comes to discover that the food supply in first world countries has little or no nutrition in it. Most people are living on factory foods that are empty of nutrition. They don't know how to use supplements, they seldom take time for powerful detox procedures and do little or no exercise. So where you are suffering suffering from a little fatigue or have a full-blown catastrophic illness, this book will teach you how to repair and rebuild your body and your life. Penny, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. (laughs) Welcome, Penny, once again. (laughs) Yeah, it's good to be here. (laughs) Always always a delight to talk with you guys. All right, Penny, I want to start right into our discussion on health today. And I do... um, want you to kind of begin talking about soil in general because I do remember when I was talking in your looking in your book I thought gee who even thinks about soil really I mean you you walk on the ground all the time you know when you're little you're told that dirt is dirty and in in terms of how important it is because your book uh, talks about health is related from soil to the stomach so can we begin there Yes, and, and that is the beginning, so it's just a perfect spot. Um, I, and you're right, nobody thinks about the soil when they think about their health. But that's where it all begins and that's where it all ends. And nobody realizes, or very few, 
um, understand that the soil has to be alive. And when we say soil is alive, soil is really uh, like this conglomeration of particles of minerals, sand, and the dead remains and bacteria of billions and billions of living things. And then that is inhabited by billions and billions of living things that are still alive and are subsisting within that uh, matrix of their dead brother's bodies, <laughs> um, which is known as compost. And so what happens when you have living soil is that it's very chemically active. If there's no living creatures, and, and when I say that I mean, you know, bacteria, viruses, protozoa, actinomyces, um, all sorts of microorganisms live in the soil. And if they do not live in the soil, then we say the soil is dead. It's just sand and, you know, dead inert carbon. So the what happens when you begin to spray pesticides and herbicides and fungicides on your field is that it takes about three years to absolutely and totally kill everything in that soil. And now you have this uh, soil that does not renew itself. It doesn't, um, it isn't chemically active. And what happens after three years of spraying chemicals is that now you need more chemicals to force the plants to grow because there isn't enough chemical activity. There aren't as enough transactions happening in the soil. And once you're into that whole, um, it's a syndrome, once you start spraying to remove bugs and pesticides, which bugs are absolutely necessary. Um, you know, all insects have antenna on their head, and all of that antenna, uh, all of those antennae um, mechanisms are designed to fly around and be searching for signals from plants that are struggling in terms of their energy and the number of transactions they can carry on. So if you get a plant that is not healthy and does not have does not have the number of transactions or it isn't able to uptake things from living soil that provide that plant with a certain frequency signature because every chemical that a plant uptakes adds to the signature of that plant then you get these plants that have this off color or off tone signal and the bugs flying around are watching for those. Bugs are nature's garbage collectors and they zero in and they just keep flying in circles until they zero in on where is that signal coming from. So when you get an entire field that doesn't have the right signal, you get this massive invasion of bugs, grasshoppers, beetles, you know, who knows what. Um, that will attack the plant. When a plant is healthy, the bugs will not attack it, partly because they can't find it, because it's not giving off a signal, and partly because when they bite into a really healthy plant, that plant is loaded with natural sugars, and the bug um, immediately backs off because it knows that sugar causes this um, chemical transaction within its gastrointestinal system. And that GI 
tract within the bug develops fermentation and alcohol and the drug or the bug gets drunk and falls off the plant and falls into the soil where other bugs immediately attack it. And so the bug that violated the rules of nature becomes lunch for other bugs. <laughs> and that's that's a cycle. That's how it's supposed to work. You know, so what's that say about the human what was that? I said, so what does that say about the human race? <laughs> oh, it says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I was, I was making a joke, but I mean, in, in terms of, uh, so many of us being not well and not balanced, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about how nature has its own way of taking care of the sick and the weak, um, it really does bring up question about us, doesn't it? It does, because what happens is that when the soil goes down or you introduce foods that don't have the right frequency signatures in them, which we call those foods factory foods, or they're just, um, you know, they're fake foods. They're made to look and, and smell and taste like food, but they don't have the frequencies that, you know, you want to take in that retune your own set of frequencies to being perfect, perfectly healthy. And so we degenerate. We begin to degenerate, and we just go down. And most disease today, most cause of death, um, is really uh, degeneration, and, and it's epidemic. It is out of control. It used to be infection that caused death. Now it's degeneration. We think we have become these uh, sophisticated beings and we are so ignorant it is really pathetic and um, the body should have certain configurations facial uh, rib structure uh, pelvic structure um, you know oral structures um, when those are missing when when we don't have enough nutrition to build out the body um, it the very first generation you know the very first time a woman gets pregnant and has been living on factory foods, her baby is not going to be built right and it's not going to function to its potential and will not have high immunity and nobody even knows what high immunity is anymore and it is the ability to resist almost all bacteria, all viruses and to not need either clothing or um, coats and hats and boots, etc. to protect oneself from weather elements, whether it's too hot or too cold. So, you know, we are very, very fragile at this point, and it's That's becoming an worse. So. Very interesting point there, Penny, because we, we've just read a series of books called the Anastasia books. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it's about... I, I did read those. Oh, did you? Yeah. And you, you know how Anastasia, supposedly born in a forest and didn't need protection against cold or heat and... And do you think that that is our more natural way of being? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, we have not seen that kind of high-level immunity for, uh, you know, it was it had pretty much disappeared more than 100 years ago. Um, but, you know, when, when you look back, when I remember some conversations, um, you know, about when my grandma was talking, about the things that became necessary as people got 
less and less well. And my grandma lived to be almost 101 and was extremely sturdy. Uh, broke her hip twice, once at 80 and I think once at 75 and once at 85. Recovered both times and went back to dancing and traveling. Wow. Um, you know, she was obviously getting old and fragile, but she was pretty darn sturdy. Yes. And yes. so, you know, we don't, well, how, you know, I, mean, I look back to when my kids were young or when my parents were young, and I think that that, was, that wasn't real for me yes. <laughs> because but I wasn't alive then. And I think that's back true further. for... Go back further, though, because I'm puzzled by what you say in terms of the necessity to wear clothing and so on. I mean, we've seen images of the cavemen needing to kill animals for their fur to keep warm and so on. So is that not just I mean, a natural thing? It it really is. Um, here's a, like one of the descriptions in um, in my book. I I talk about a dentist who was um, really an extraordinary man. And he went around the world looking. There had been a tremendous amount of research. People were degenerating left and right. And um, he went around the world trying to figure out, you know, what what was attacking us, what was coming at us. And eventually, long story short, was he realized that it was, wasn't something that we were taking in. It was something that we were not taking in. It was the nutrition that was, you know, disappearing. And that was Weston Price. Um, he was a dentist in Cleveland. And um, he described watching these children play in the winter in the mountains in Switzerland in bare feet with maybe a small sweater in, you know, in playing in these ice-cold mountain streams and never even got a sniffle. Yes. Well, I do remember that myself from my childhood days where we would, our parents would say, oh my God, how can you come in and put jackets and coats and socks and woolies on, you know, whereas we, it didn't seem to bother us being out in, yeah. the, in the cold yeah. and those times. Yeah. yeah, that is true, and that is not the case now. And we burn easily. We burn so easily now that um, people are very often afraid to be in the sun. They yes. don't have enough vitamin A or beta carotene. Yes. Well, you spoke so eloquently the last time you were on about, oh, God, we covered so much. Um, not only did we talk about the poor nutrition that came as a result of the missionaries, you know, the history of food production, but then you went on to describe also the the necessities that we have, like clean air, clean water, amino acids, minerals, the vitamins, enzymes, and detoxing, and, you know, all of that. And are, are you really coming down to the, the nutrition, that the nutrition is just so fundamental to us that if we don't get that right, then we're fighting a losing battle? Is that more or less your philosophy? Well, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I, you know, the if you don't get the nutrition then the exercise and the supplements and the detox become ten times more important because you do have to clean house now and then. That's what the detox does. Yes. You do need a boost now and then. That's what the supplements do. Yes. And you're built to move. So that's what the exercise does. But oh. without the nutrition, it's pretty much a losing battle. Yeah. Well, that that explanation should 
go down well with modern society that looks on the body as a machine. Now, we don't, and I know you don't, but in terms of looking at it as a machine, which fits the Western module um, um, mindset, then it should be easy to understand that if you don't put the correct fuel in there, it's just not going to work correctly. That's right. So everything you do is remedial. Everything. Yes, yeah, yeah. We and see the, that the with the pharmaceutical is, industries today. Yeah. Is there a way yeah, to re- recover soil that has been so depleted? What's the way to do that? Is that I said, is there a way to recover soil that's been so depleted? Oh, yes. There. I mean, there are a number of ways, wonderful ways. Um, you know, number one, everything that you take from the soil needs to go back to the soil. So your, you know, your food waste should be composted and put back in the soil. Um, the biodynamic system is a system for restoring soil, and it does a fabulous job. You make certain composts and certain um, preps, they're called, and each one, has a different frequency. I'm not even sure that Rudolf Steiner knew exactly why or what the scientific principles were behind, um, you know, what he was doing. But basically what he was doing was supplying certain frequencies to the soil so that certain chemicals and certain, you know, elements would be chemically active and the plant has to uptake those or it's not going to be in the fruit. It's not going to be in the vegetable. And, you know, biodynamics does a fabulous job. Commonor is probably one of the most biologically active um, things you can put on soil, chicken, any kind of manure. Dog, chicken, they say don't use cat, um, but, you know, because they're afraid of parasites. But um, the fact of the matter is that uh, parasites live in the soil. And, you know, you just you have to, in a really good system, those parasites all come into balance. Everything is okay. And, you know, the permaculture system is fabulous for restoring soil, um, honoring nature. There are ways. Okay. What about um, hydroponics, then, that doesn't use soil at all? Do you have any, Do you support that principle of growing? Oh, I, I do and I don't. Um, you know, if if there's no soil available and you can figure out how to do it with hydroponics okay maybe but what most what happens most often with hydroponics is that there's a very limited amount of um, natural frequencies that they can get into that water they do a pretty good job of supplying the water with a fair number of nutrients etc um, but there are there are so many things that we don't know that soil provides that it really becomes difficult to make up what Mother Nature. It's hard to synthesize that in any kind of um, you know laboratory or fake situation. Not yeah, that hydroponics. Yes. I do know. Fakes, I, I knew somebody in the 1980s that was actually pioneering a lot of the hydroponics work and I remember being fascinated at the time but you know intuitively I also looked at the, the lettuce and I looked at the various plants that they were growing from it and I had a sense that you know they they look wonderful they absolutely look gorgeous 
but are they missing something? Mm-hmm. And I, I, even at that stage, I could never figure out what it was. But I think perhaps my intuition yeah. was what you were saying, that maybe there is something in the actual earth itself that's providing something. And right, perhaps that a is a frequency. Of frequencies. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you probably heard our commentary uh, on the radiation while you were waiting to come on. So can I switch over to that for a minute? And then I do want to get back to the cleanses and how important cleanses are. But I, I would like your opinion on the radiation issue. That's a really bad issue. That is really, nobody's talking about that. Everything that should be being talked about in media is not because the media is only about entertainment. They're not about information. They're not about supporting the civilization, and they're not about caring. So we have some really bad uh, radiation issues that are coming up. Um, I think that we're going to see some big troubles over the next decade. It takes a while for that radiation to have its effect, but, um, you know, people should be taking kelp. They should be taking potassium iodide. Um, They should be taking in enough, um, you know, sodium chloride with iodide added, iodine added. Those are so important right now and really, really healthy watching their water supply doing detox on a regular basis, um, and I, one of the comments that you made, Ahanu, was this question, I'm not sure how you put it, something about, uh, is there a lesson? How did you word that? Is there a metaphysical lesson? Yes, he did, he did ask that question. Well, because he's having uh, some sort of a sensation of a lump near his thyroid when he swallows, and okay. he was trying to look at, okay, is this radiation or is it a bigger picture metaphysically or what could it possibly, you know, be? Okay. Well, there's a couple of things. One um, and the most common thing is when there is not enough iron in the body, it becomes difficult to swallow. The swallowing mechanism needs iron and your swallow becomes weak and stuff doesn't go down properly. It goes down part way and then you have to swallow again and again um, just to get it past a certain reflex point where it'll go automatically. So there might not be enough iron in his system. And then the um, second thing is that when the body is under what we call any form of stress or attack, and attack in any form, bacteria, virus, that's a stressor on the body then there are certain mechanisms that uh, come on in the body and certain areas where blood is routed and not routed. And one of the effects, one of the early effects is that there's a swelling in the major organs and glands. And so if you feel that the, the thyroid is swollen or you're having difficulty swallowing, then that may be a signal that other organs are also swelling, and that is an early sign of, oh, need to do some detox, need to change diet, need to make sure that certain, you know, that all the basic um, aminos, minerals, and vitamins are added to the diet. Yeah, well, he has been not eating meat for a while, so, and... uh 
Okay. Maybe he's not getting iron. Are there other ways for a vegetarian to get iron? I know there's iron in spinach, but what else? Uh, yeah, there's iron in spinach, but spinach has so many alkaloids in it that it's hard to digest it. Um, there is iron in parsley. There's iron in um, a lot of it in egg yolks. You know, that egg yolks are wonderful in that way. Um there's there's really a little bit of iron in a lot of food, but if the let's say the individual might be too acid or too alkaline, if you get out of balance too far, too acid, your cells harden and nothing gets in and nothing gets out. If you're too alkaline, your cells soften and stuff washes in and doesn't stay long enough to do any good and washes right out again. Mm. So you know you have to be in. Uh, the right place in terms of your pH and um, you know that is something that most people know very little about or how to manage that and so I tell people quite often you probably if you especially if you have been vegetarian um, you know the idea is to honor animals for most people who are vegetarian um, but the, you know, the stuff that's missing is so dramatically short um, that you don't get what the body needs and you begin to right. enter into what I call early stage warning. Speaking about Which is swelling. Yes. And the pH of the body, I was very interested in what you said last week, or the last time you were on, about the pH of the body. And I did listen to a few little YouTube um, videos on it. And there was one guy in particular that I thought was interesting, only because there are some very good friends of ours over in North Carolina that are agents for this Kangen machine. And they had us drinking the alkaline water from this Kangen machine for quite some time. Now, I thought it was it tasted great and I felt fabulous on it. But... He was saying that, hey, no, you know, don't do that. You're just alkalizing the body, and that's not necessarily the right thing to do. So what's your opinion about that? I, I know we did mention briefly the last time that, you know, a pH of, I think you did say 6.8 was perfect. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That's really where you have enough flexibility and fluidity for things to get in and get out. Um, and... The acid environment in a body really makes it almost impossible for a bacteria to get a foothold. Bacteria love, um, you know, or I'm, I'm sorry, a too acid. Let's, let me back up a step. Acid environments support bacteria. Alkaline environments support virus. So if you get to be too acid, you're going to catch every kind of uh, you know, infection that comes along. If you're too alkaline, you'll catch every virus that comes along. So the idea is to have this nice um, balance and be about 6.8, um, 6.7, 6.9. You can also be 7.1, 7.2. But if you get outside that, you are inviting, um, you know, difficulties uh, not only in terms of other critters, which are bacteria and viruses, but in terms of, um, you know, how well your cells are taking in what you're putting in. So it becomes really, really pretty important to eat a lot of plant food and a very little bit of 
fish or or beef, um, you know, just now and then, you have to be listening to the body. Instead of you telling the body what you're going to feed it, you start talking to the body and asking what is it you need, what is it you want. And if it tells you potato chips, <laughs> you're not listening. You know, you're you're in a habitual loop. Um, you what know, about chocolate, Penny? You, uh, <laughs> uh, chocolate actually is not bad if there's no sugar in it. Chocolate is very good uh, for women because it has a lot of the same effects as magnesium, and magnesium is so important, um, you know, because it allows calcium to be utilized. Right. And it also keeps you calmer. Um, it's uh, it's the feel-good supplement. And if somebody were were to take a a magnesium supplement, what type of magnesium should they take? There's a couple different kinds. Um, You know, magnesium citrate is probably the most easily absorbed. Uh, You know, there's a few others. Um, But I tend to say just see if you can get some citrate, the citrate form. Okay. Okay, fantastic. So how does one check their pH? Um, well, there's a couple different ways. None of them are really foolproof. The best way is to have, um, to go to the doctor and ask the doctor to do a, um, to draw some blood and just have them send that off and do a full chemical scan of your blood, which will come back with 24 different factors. Among those factors are going to be your blood pH. If that is off, either too acid or too alkaline, then you're really in trouble because the body does a tremendous amount, makes a tremendous effort to keep the blood within a very narrow range because the blood is serving every part of the body. So if the blood is off, that means the body parts are way off. They, you know, the blood will rob the body you know, the organs and the tissues to get what it needs to maintain a certain pH. So if it's not able to rob the body proper and it's, you know, it's off, then you really, you know that your organs and tissues are in a bad way. So the blood is, or the blood test is the best way. The second best way is to go to the drugstore, ask the pharmacist for a roll of pH paper, costs about $15. And take that home and um, keep your mouth closed for about an hour. Breathe through your nose if you can. And uh, wash your mouth out, you know, with water beforehand. And then uh, just keep your mouth closed. Breathing through the mouth changes the pH in the mouth. So you want the mouth to be somewhat closed. And then put a little piece, maybe an inch and a half of pH paper in that. In, in the mouth and see what your your pH is in your mouth. It's not a perfect thing because there is oxygen moving, you know, through the nose and it does um, change, you know, what's going on in the mouth. Um, the But it gives you an idea as to whether you're whey acid or whey alkaline. If the pH paper doesn't show any blue-green at all and it stays yellow, you're way too acid. You're like down at 5.5. If it turns bright blue, blue-green, you're way too alkaline. You know, it could be up at 8.1 or something like that. 
um, that's way out of balance. You will get cavities if you are too acid or too alkaline. Um, the third way is to, um, you know, get a longer strip of pH paper. And first thing in the morning, um, you know, you test your urine all day. First thing in the morning will be a little bit more acid. But as you drink and eat over the course of the day, that uh, urine is going to shift a little bit. If it shifts into bright blue-green, then typically you are pretty alkaline. Normally, urine is a little bit acidic because that prevents uh, bladder infections. And, you know, that you don't want a bladder infection or a kidney infection. So there's things to, you know, you begin and you track. You track yourself for about three days, your urine and your saliva, and you can begin to see about where you're hovering. And then you can begin to correct and adjust with food and supplements and water and exercise. So, Okay. Well, that's incredible advice. Thank you. Now, I want to move into the cleanses. You, you do go into cleanses quite a bit in your book. And I do have a question up front about it, and then I'm going to just turn it over to you to talk to people about uh, the different types of cleanses and how frequently and how do you do them. But, you know, for myself, you know, I, I'm diabetic, so I take medicine. And whenever I've tried to do any sort of a cleanse or fast, my sugar goes through the roof. And I always wonder, is it because it's detoxing the medication out of me? And what do you do? Well, there's, that's a common question. Okay, what do I do if I'm diabetic? Or people will say, like for the liver flush, I don't have the gallbladder. Can I still do the liver flush? Yes, absolutely, you can. Um, some people try to go off their medication when they're doing detox. You know, some people are able to do that and slide right through the five days of detox. Other people just keep going with some medication. So I've seen it both ways. It works. So you have to follow, uh, to some extent, your own gut, your own intuition, and you have to be monitoring your own body. So having said that, um, what I often tell people is that there are about nine different kinds of detox, but there are three or four major forms that should be done on a rotating basis. The first one is a liver flush. The second one is the colon sweep. The third one is the purge. And the fourth one is the castor oil olive oil sweat bath. So those four, the liver flush cleans the liver, the gallbladder, the pancreas, the kidneys of any kind of sclerotic or stony matter. It dissolves gallstones. It also dissolves plaque in your arteries, and it reduces cholesterol almost overnight, sometimes by as much as 30 points. And um, the liver flush is a way to renew and restore the liver, which is probably the most important organ in the body, um, even, you know, with the heart. Uh, if the liver gets bad, then immediately the lungs plug up. When the lungs get bad, the heart goes down. When the heart goes down, the whole body goes down. So they're all connected. Um, liver flush is easy to do. It's five days. 
you know, you, four and a half of those days, you can be doing your normal thing. You eat normally during that time. And um, at the end of the, uh, on the fifth day is the day of the actual flush. Uh, you have to stay home, eat certain things at certain times. And, um, you know, it, if you get, uh, it, I mean, it, you're going to be up right through, almost through the night till, say, two or three in the morning. Penny, but the effect of it is amazing. Right. Now, let's use that opportunity. We've got to take a quick little studio break here. But do give okay. your contact details right now so that people can find out more about how to get hold of that detox program from you. Okay. Um, the contact is Penny Kelly or Penny at PennyKelly.com. That's my email. Phone number here is 269-624-6022. Super. All right. Yeah, the book is Getting Well Again Naturally. Yeah, great. Okay. okay. All right. We're going to take a quick little break here, but just a reminder, you're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series show. We're speaking with Penny Kelly. And it's interesting how time moves on because we're on show number 70 right now and all those shows can be heard on the archives at either angelrose.com or worldofempowerment.com or straight on Blog Talk Radio. But you do have to search for the Honest to God series or our own names, Ahanu and Angel Rose. We'll be right back after this break. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Now you're very welcome back to Angel Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series. Our sponsor this week is Diamond Sun Hosting, consciously hosting your spiritual website since 1993 at diamondsunhosting.com. Now, we put it out every week, of course, uh, just like Penny Kelly is with us today discussing her programs and her books. If you wish to sponsor an episode or if you wish to come on the Honest to God series and speak about your spiritual program or your your mission in life that will benefit others, please do contact us at angelrose at angelrose.com. Penny, you're very welcome back. Let's talk a little bit more about that detox program because it's obviously of paramount importance to people now to begin, I guess, by detoxing the the chemicals and the pharmaceuticals and all the filth and dirt that we've accumulated in our bodies and then to, to correct it by getting back on a proper nutritious diet, yeah? Yeah, that's really true. Um, so you, know, you can put good food in, but if you're already so clogged up with yes. waste, um, it's just going to move on through. It won't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Now we've we've often heard and noticed ourselves, of course, in the whole metaphysical movement that if somebody gets, let's say, an energy treatment, whether it's Reiki or any of the other myriads of various energy treatments, that sometimes it leads to a healing crisis, and somebody can actually feel worse before they get better. So if somebody is doing a detox, is that taxing on the body? You know, would somebody likely get ill or get worse first? Uh, Not really. Um, I mean, if you want to say that, um, you know, you have to take some things in, like, for instance, during the colon sweep, you have to have five days of 
of, um, you know, apple juice and uh, the, um, you know, some kind of a agent in the apple juice that cleans out the colon. Um, you know, that, you might feel crappy, really achy, crampy, headachy, fatigue during the days, the first two or three days of that colon sleep. So in that sense, yes, you will feel worse before you feel better. But the colon sleep um, forces a rebuild of all of the cilia, the little bitty fibers that line the small intestine that absorb nutrition. And the result is not only is your colon cleaned out, which is most of the disease begins in the colon, um, but the small intestine, which is where all your absorptive tissues are, is forced to rebuild. And you have better absorption of what you're putting in, and the difference is amazing. I did the first colon sweep, you know, for me, I think it was back in 1994 or thereabouts. And I woke up after uh, the day after I finished. I looked across the room, and I thought, oh, oh, I left my contacts in overnight. I, you know, and, and immediately was thinking, how did I? And then realized I did not that my eyes had improved so wow. dramatically that I could see the numbers on the television dial across the room. And that was an amazing moment when I realized, wow, the uptake of nutrition and the response of the body is immediate. Yes. And you did say last week in response to a question about cataracts that the diet can actually help that too. So so first of all, the detox, the cleanse, and then the nutrition, and then that would help. That's right. Issues like with the eyes. Yeah, when you put it all together, um, you know, detoxing the body really pulls out a lot of cells that are poorly built. If you don't pull those out, then you're going to continue to function poorly. So the body is very intelligent. As soon as you give it a half a chance to get rid of some stuff that is poorly built, it's like you cleaning your basement, saying, you know what, I don't need this stuff anymore. It's just junk. It's just cluttering up my space. The body does okay. the same thing. Okay, so the first cleanse you're recommending then is the liver. And then yeah. the second one after that would be what? Would be the colon sweep. Be the colon sweep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then the third okay. one after that? The third one would be the purge. Um, the colon sweep renews and restores the, the entire gastrointestinal tract from the mouth all the way to the back door, the anal opening. So everything in there is cleaned out. Um, it really is very powerful. The purge, so you got the liver cleaning the liver and the um, pancreas and the kidneys and the, the cardiovascular system, getting rid of plaque in the arteries. And then the purge does all the rest. It pulls waste out of all of the muscles and the tissues and the bones and the skin. Um, not too much in terms of the skin. The, but it helps the skin. And then the final one is the um, castor oil olive oil sweat bath. And that really cleans the skin. And it, I, the first time I did the castor oil olive oil sweat bath, I was just, I got up afterwards and thought, my God, I could, I, I could literally feel that every pore was breathing. It was the most amazing sensation. I felt like I was floating on air. And I've had people who have had cancer come to see me 
Um, cause mostly what I deal with is catastrophic illness. And, um, they were very, very, very cautious and they had so much awful treatments and so many difficult, um, things that they were going through and they were really hesitant to put one more thing inside that poor body because they didn't want to feel any worse. And I, one woman grilled me for weeks back and forth asking everything she could think of. And in the end, um, she had colon cancer. She decided to do this entire set of detox and she said the, the morning after she woke up from the first one, just the first one, the liver flush, she called me on the phone and she said, my God, I feel like this huge black cloud that I was lost in has been erased. And after each one, she called and said something just as amazing. And, and in the end, she said, this is amazing. It, this is a lifesaver. So she put together a packet called Angel Relief Therapy or something like that and gives it out to everybody she meets who has cancer. And what's the, And it includes the detox. What's the space, Penny, between the different cleanses? Um, you do the liver flush, and then two weeks later, two weeks from the date you started the liver flush, you start the colon sweep, and two weeks from the date you start the colon sweep, you do the purge, and two weeks from the date you start the purge, you begin the castor oil olive oil sweat baths, and then the sweat baths go on once a week for like 12 or 14 weeks, and when you get done, you are a new human being. And if you're putting nutrition in after that, um, it's amazing. It's just the, the rebuild is astounding. People look probably 10 years younger. The purge, you know, I've had people with uh, uh, cervical cancer um, do the purge, and the cervical cancer disappears in a couple of days. And, and what about diabetes? Have you seen that reverse, Penny? Diabetes is a little bit different, um, but it, it is similar in that you have no sugar, mostly vegetables, a ton of water with trace minerals in it. And I, I actually should write up a whole thing, but there's a book out um, that I like even better. I, I can't remember the name. It was a chiropractor whose mom died, and he decided she died of diabetes. And he decided that he was going to figure out how to heal diabetes. And he kept experimenting and working with his patients until finally he had that piece figured out. And it's a fabulous book. Um, and I think his name is Jim or James. I should have looked that up. I should have brought that with me, but I didn't. Um, and it's he's you take pancreas enzymes. You have to have pancreas enzymes when you have diabetes. And um, that gets the pancreas enzymes really help rebalance the pancreas. You do the detox, you know, you put it all together, and you end up with, um, you know, with a, you lose, if you had childhood diabetes, you can make it better. If you have childhood diabetes, usually there's a very deep soul reason why. And there's also um, usually a history in the family a very bad nutrition, and poor nutrition, especially during the pregnancy. But if it's adult onset, that's entirely reversible. There's no reason for anybody to have um, diabetes 
it just is a dietary thing. Not enough water, pancreas shuts down, you have to turn it back on. So, you know, it's, um, it's something that you have to decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to change this. So. Yeah, when, maybe when you yeah. hang up with us and you find that name, you could just shoot me an email with it. Oh, yes. I will do that. That'd be great. Thank you. And then we'll pass it on to our listeners. Great. Okay. Yeah, maybe put it on the website or something. Okay. okay. Now, I, I will do that. Yeah. Can I go back to Ahano's metaphysical question, Penny, um, and, and talk about health yeah. on that level? You know, what has your experience been, you know, on the metaphysical or or emotional or mental level with illness? Okay, couple things that I would say there. Um, number one, all ill health is the result of not having a relationship, a deep relationship with your body and not honoring its own intelligence. That, and we aren't ever encouraged or taught that that's necessary or important. And so, you know, we all get caught up in trying to fix, you know, miscellaneous problems and never really listen to the body. We're listening to everybody else. And that does not work. So that's one thing is that there has to be a restored relationship with the body. The second thing, let's just use the radiation thing, for example. The huge civilizational lesson for those of us on the planet at this time, I think is twofold and probably more around radiation. One, radiation has a tremendously fast um, frequency. We need to be evolving our frequency upward so that we are a match for that instead of being destroyed by those frequencies. The second thing is that you can't evolve into a higher consciousness or a higher frequency if you're not in tune with Mother Nature, there are laws of nature that cannot be violated. And creating, what do you call it, big, big uh, nuclear radiation plants is a violation of a law of nature. And it's a violation because we have not done the evolving that would allow us to counter that with our knowledge and our power. If we knew how to counter radiation, then, you know, with our consciousness, then it would not be a mistake to have nuclear plants, but we probably wouldn't need nuclear plants in that higher (laughs) consciousness. So, you know, you end up having to realize that you don't do some things because they don't have good results. You just don't do them. And that... You know, that ability for us to say no to certain businesses or certain governments, that is, you know, has been lost. We do not have a relationship with our government anymore. It's very adversarial. We don't have a relationship with our businesses anymore. We don't have much of a relationship with our money. We don't have relationships with one another Right now, we have all of our relationship energy going into media, social media. It's out of balance, and um, it can't, it won't last. So it's just a question of what's going to go down first. Right. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. Hano's sitting here thoughtful. You should see the pensive look on his face. <laughs> He's okay. absorbing all this. Okay. And, you know, we do, you know, we've got this information through the records as well about relationship, relationship, relationships, you know? That's what Source yeah. trying to talk to us about, that we're in relationship with everything. And we definitely need to be more conscious of that. But you are right. It's, it's kind of like, you know, in a world where everything is now being done electronically and on, online and business is done online and, you know, people don't want to travel. They don't, you know, this and that. Um, you know, that's just one part of it that I noticed that, you know, I can, I can only sit in front of that computer so long on a day and I'm, I'm trying to write a book and, uh, you know, I personally cannot handle the frequency of a computer for very long, and I need to get out. You know, and I, I yeah. only time I feel good is when I'm under the open sky, or I'm around trees, or fresh yeah. air. Not that the air here is yeah. fresh, but you know what I mean, okay? I do. And um, but it's it's kind of a pickle because, you know, business is becoming more and more um, through the internet and online, so. You know, people spend, I know Ahano spends 12 hours plus on a computer every day, you know. So that's a problem. And, you know, when we talk to people about slowing down and getting back to nature, I mean, what we've had to do is we really, you know, we take a good portion of our morning just um, breathing and meditating. And, you know, we just recently also started yoga, which was long overdue, I must say, you know. Um, Good for you. That's wonderful. Things. But I, I still, me personally, uh, I really do struggle with my health. And, um, you, you know, I'm not okay, and I know I'm not okay. Well, and I, I don't really know what... Well, let me ask you a question, and this would be a question for everybody to ask themselves. How many generations away from the soil are you? Um, if, well, you are, if you are... If you are too... Oh, is that what you wow. mean? Okay. The way from the soil. So, do you mean that if your parents weren't working with the soil, that's one generation, and you're another? Yes. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that's my father, exactly he was younger. My father, my father was Italian, and his family grew all of their own uh, food. They had their own garden. They grew their own food. They canned everything. They had their own uh, a few animals. So my dad was raised that way, but when we grew up, uh, we didn't grow anything. Okay. See, that's a big issue. We have to get back in touch with the soil. I think one of the things I wanted to mention was that between 1900 and 1925, um, there was a, the first really widespread generation of children being born who had, who were not born to parents that were in contact with the soil. Before that, almost everybody was, you know, not almost everybody. There were still people in cities. Degeneration and the big, big um, plagues set in as soon as people started moving into cities during the 1500s, 1600s, and moved away from uh, the soil and growing their own food. So by the time we get to the 1900s, 
now we have the majority of people living in cities, and it's the, the balance is of farmers is dropping. I think it's like right now one or two percent of people on the planet, uh, or in the U.S. at least, are in touch with the soil and know how to grow food, and are farmers. Um, and some of those one or two percenters are people who are doing, you know, corn and soybeans for factory food. So when you get that first generation of children born to somebody, um, you know, whose diet has switched, you can have a mother who's on really great food and then all of a sudden she goes to factory food and then has another child. You can see the difference in that child's bone structure, facial structure, in their mood, in their everything about them. They'll have bad teeth. They lose that high immunity. They are fatigue They are, um, they have this emotional sensitivity that makes them touchy. You know what I mean? They get colds. They get flu. They get chickenpox, measles. And they start dying from, you know, things like tuberculosis and pneumonia. Um, and so, you know, then they grow up and have children. And that second generation, um, you know, they had bone deformities, teeth that didn't fit in their mouth, you know, ear, nose, and throat infections, brain and spinal problems. Oh, my gosh. Some, you know, showing signs of, of depression and deeper fatigue and first signs of alcoholism. Alcoholism is an attempt to make yourself feel better. And then, you know, the, then they grow up and you have children and the degeneration accelerates. Now you have kids with allergies and asthma and ADHD and immunity drops even further. Kids in their teens have acne, um, you know, just adrenals begin to have trouble. Digestion is bad in some people. It's awful. Um, people start gaining weight because the body is calling for food constantly. Um, and now you've got sexual and menstrual difficulties and conception is difficult and so is delivery. And then, so- you know, that's, it just continues like that, and it gets worse and worse, and we're to the point now where we can hardly conceive. People are not able to conceive, men yeah. and women. I do see that as well, yep. Now, what yeah. about depression, Penny? Because I know depression runs in my mother's side of the family. Is that nutrition as um, well? Yeah, 90% of it is depressed, is uh, nutritional. And 10% of it is, um, how do I explain this? It's like teaching the child what is normal by demonstration. So if your mother had poor nutrition, let's just say your mother and, you know, depression runs in your family, that may indicate that there's a weak constitution in some area. You're not able to utilize B vitamins or one of the B vitamins as well, or you're short on aminos. Um, etc. So the difficulty becomes, let's say your mother just put up with it. So now she's depressed. So now here you are growing up in the house and you're watching this woman live her life and what the child internalizes is this is what's normal. So if you're watching someone who's depressed, what you're picking up at all levels is this is what's normal. And so that becomes a habitual thing. And that's the other, you know, 10%. The nutrition, you can turn that around 
uh, for instance, just by adding methionine, the amino acid. Go to the, the drugstore and get some SAME, S-A-M hyphen E. SAME is the short version of S-adenosyl-L-methionine E in the E form. And that is an amino acid that um, the Krebs cycle in the body, which is a nutritional cycle, uses. And if there's not enough methionine, then you're not going to have any energy. And if you don't have any energy, you're going to be depressed. And so you just take SAMe and, and, you know, you have to take it with B6. Usually that's right in the formula. Yeah. But um, the difference is amazing. Now, would that be in, in the combo? Because um, we bought an amino acid in a powder form after we spoke to you last time. Uh, would mm-hmm. that amino acid be in that combo? It pro- no, probably not, because it's a special form of methionine. I got you. So, but you would take those the powdered, and then you take the SAMe right on top of it. Okay. So, and it, normally you start with you know somewhere around. Sometimes you do a loading dose of 800 milligrams a day for a week or two, and then you drop to 600 milligrams a day for a week or two, and then you drop to 400, and then you drop to 200, and that often you can drop to 100 milligrams a day by the end of two months, say, and just maintain there. And, um, you know, it smooths out and boosts, and it, it doesn't have a wild and crazy effect. It's got this very smooth, very gentle, um, life is good kind of feeling, uh, like I'm, like you have capacity um, and bandwidth to deal with whatever is happening. Yeah. So it's a wonderful thing. So I also, I don't know if it was you we spoke to or, or I saw it in your book, because we've been mixing the aminos with our green drink in the morning. Should we not do that? Um, usually I tell people take the aminos on an empty stomach because okay. when the body has food to deal with, it will ignore the aminos. It will deal with them to some extent but it's better, it's forced to deal with them if you put them in separately. And okay. that's the only thing that you take all by itself. Vitamins okay. and minerals should be taken with food. Okay. Okay. you have comments on that? Uh-huh. I do have a couple of things. Those amino acid powders then, how, how are they ingested? Do you just mix it with water? Yeah? You can use water, yeah. I. Some people will go, ugh. Yes. <laughs> but... You know, I okay. say to people, you know, not everything is sugar-based. Sorry. <laughs> yes. All right. I want to refer back to when you were talking about the um, the generations. You know, when you said, how how many generations are you away from the soil? And uh-huh. in my personal case, my father was an alcoholic. And I remember, as a, as a young child, I remember clearly saying to myself in my own head, that I was going to break the mold. Now, my wh- what I meant by that was that, you know, I certainly wasn't going to be an alcoholic and I, and I never did or was, but so I did break the mold in that sense. But really, I think deeper, for you. what I meant was that this was a way of life. It wasn't just an addiction to alcohol. It was a, a way of thinking. It was a way of doing that yep. was, was degenerative, you know, like what you talked about. That's so, right. When we make a choice to break the mold, Penny, does and you do the detox, 
are you actually clearing the generational karma? Yes, you do. Wow. When you decide to interrupt the passage of a certain way of thinking, a certain lifestyle, then you begin to heal in both directions, forward and backwards. That's so important. And, yeah. and you know, congratulations, because not very many people really get that. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's an absolutely wonderful concept. I know we did touch on it before, you know, in, a, in, a, in an intuitive way, saying that when you heal something, you, you are healing your parents as well and your children. But it's very hard to put a measure on that or to put a, any element of proof on it. But having said that, though, intuitively it's very real and it's very strong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let me ask very a, powerful. Go yeah, ahead. let me let me ask another question related to that, Penny. Um, you know, my, my son's father's side of well, let's see, my yeah, my son's father's side of the family um, are all alcoholics. Okay, mm, and. Wow. Of course, we never did it, you know, in, in my family, there was not any of that, okay? And so my son has a tendency uh, to like to drink, and he's, you know, he's very thin, and his metabolism is crazy. But if I, if I, okay, with with me becoming healthier, does that, does that also affect all of my children it on some energetic way. In other words, is it? Yes, it does. Does it donate energy to them, perhaps, to get healthy? It does because we are all communicating telepathically at every level, in great detail. And even though they may not, you know, that side of the family or your son may not demonstrate or shift behavior too much right away. What he's picking up at the, you know, other than conscious level of, of life is that, you know, he's really responsible. It's up to him that there's another way that he could be, you know, different, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I, my grandma, little tiny, you know, short German woman, um, raised her own food, grew her own food all of her life. And, uh, she always said, you should probably have a glass of wine each night. Now, Grandma had 14 children. Maybe she, you know, really felt like she needed a glass of wine, but just one. Just one. And she didn't always have a glass of wine, but, you know, she said, I try. This was her words. I try to have a glass, one glass of wine each night. And she made the wine. Um, it wasn't a store-bought thing full of chemicals. And I think that, you know, certain things are out of control and stay out of control because we have moved away from the soil. We've moved away from the relationship with Mother Nature. And we no longer know what's important for us as bodies. And when the body goes down, there's your equipment degenerating and your thinking and your attitude and your willpower goes right with it. Okay, I have one other question relating to that too. Because my mother's side of the family is, they've all been on antidepressants for most of their lives. Does that also affect me? The, the medication that they're on? My mother specifically? Yes. Yes, because here's how it works. When you're with her, 
or what, if, if, even if she's not here, um, you know, you're back with her memory. What that antidepressant does is alter the, the signature of her entire energy field, which is a big field. Most people are at least 20 feet in diameter, you know, 360 degrees. And what happens when she's on antidepressants is that when you enter her physical space, you are being altered, you are being affected by that. When you're not in her physical space and you just link up consciousness to consciousness and you're remembering her and thinking about her, that is like a hidden effect in her energy system. Everything you do affects everything. I was wondering about that in terms of my own energy level. You know, I I was wondering, am I affected by my mother's drugs? Because she's on quite a few. She's not just on antidepressants. She's on blood pressure and blood thinners and sleeping pills and... And yet I have such a hard time maintaining energy throughout the day. And I know that I am uh, emotionally very connected to her, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I have wondered about that, really. But I had yeah, to ask. And some of it may be just, you know, at, at, at about the age, and this is kind of a general, but somewhere between 55 and 60, you have to rebuild your entire body. Or it does get what I call old and gray and tired. And when you decide to do a full detox program and to keep that detox up, you know, do a detox each month, um, you know, and, and pay attention to what you're eating and cut out any of what we call the white man diet, which is white flour, white sugar, um, jams and jellies, alcohol, canned fruits, canned vegetables, and you go to fresh and freshly ground flour and whole flour and, um, you know, either honey or stevia and fresh fruits and fresh vegetables, a lot of those. Um, it, it causes quite a bit of uproar in the body, which is thrilled, but um, it changes that whole depressive, I'm too tired to move kind of cycle that people get caught in. And the other thing is the fountain of youth exercises, that first one, called a spin. You just stand and put your arms straight out from your shoulders, one to the left, the other to the right, and you spin 21 times. And maybe you can only spin a couple times the first day, but you build up to where you can spin 21 times, always moving from left to right um, in your spin when you're in North America. That also adds a tremendous amount of boost to your energy, and you don't feel that afternoon fatigue that hits so many people, some at 1 o'clock, some at 3 o'clock, some at 4 o'clock. Do you think that spin has... Is that spin related to what we're familiar with when we talk about the Merkaba? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Right, because yeah. they say that the top half of that Merkaba spins one direction and the bottom half of the body's Merkaba spins in another direction, but when you physically spin, you're actually enhancing that. Yes, that's true. And what I've learned over the years, I've been doing those exercises since oh, maybe 1987, um, is that you don't, and you have this very smooth uh, level of energy that lasts for about 60 hours. 
and then you need to spin again. I I just do it every day, so I don't run out of energy. And, and isn't it interesting that I, a, a lot of those native dances and indigenous dances all involve a spin like that that we've lost? Yes. Yes. You are a counter-rotating set of plasmas. And when you are spinning, you are winding up your, your plasma energy field, your, you know, that vortex. Uh, just like you would wind up at top, and then it takes a while to unwind. So you have good energy during that time. Yes, I love that expression that we are a counter-rotating set of plasmas. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So, from a scientific point of view, that's exactly what we are. Yes. So. Yeah. Now, one of the things that may seem uh, that has coming coming out of today's discussion, Penny, is that it seemed like it was almost like a private consultation with you. You know, Angel Rosa talking about her diabetes and me talking about alcoholic fathers and so on. But really, these kinds of things are of major importance to everybody to understand all this about yeah and you know let me use it what I'm trying to say let me use it by way of looking back on what we discussed today we talked about the soil first of all and the effect of pesticides and fungicides and how it takes three years you said for the soil to actually die and and then you know dead soil doesn't support anything and that the insects are necessary and how we have just moved into this whole business of factory or fake foods, as you call them, and how we would go about recovering depleted soils. And then we did speak a little bit also about hydroponics. And then we talked about the radiation from Fukushima and how media is all about entertainment, not information. And you mentioned about uh, taking kelp and sodium chloride for radiation and how the very physical act of swallowing needs iron in the body and how we test the pH of the body. So, you know, this was more than like a personal consultation. This is valuable information for everybody. And you then went on to talk about uh, how acid supports I, I think you said acid supports bacteria and alkaline supports viruses. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's right. That's correct, okay. No, you're right. And then magnesium and the blood. We spoke about the blood, and you, you then spoke at length about detox, and I thought that was absolutely wonderful, where you talked about cleansing the liver first, then the colon and the purge, and the sweat baths that you mentioned about how you feel totally rejuvenated after doing that. And then... You did say that ill health really is not honoring our bodies. And, you know, even that one sentence alone, to me, is compelling. It's a compelling reason to to start and make some changes uh, by restoring that relationship with the body that your books are all about and how that actually helps evolve our frequencies. And I love the way you move between the physical body and the, the etheric and the spiritual, and that's a wonderful way you you say that all of this work evolves our frequencies and gets us back in tune with Mother Nature and getting back back in touch with the soil. You you said that depression is mostly nutritional, which I thought also was really interesting. And then we talked about ancestral healing and where we were effectively breaking the mold of 
sadness and depression and all of that and moving into evolving our frequencies. And then just the last few moments you spoke about the spin and how we are a counter-rotating set of plasmas. There's one final question, Penny, that I really, really want to squeeze in here before we start to wind down our program for today, and that is about the bees. We, we've had a very good friend of ours in North Carolina whose entire hives died, and he, he thought at first perhaps it was just his own area, but then all his friends and neighbors and in the community and further afield, all their hives were dying too. And what he did was, and I know this is of interest to you because you work, you have worked with Dr. Levengood and the crop circles. He actually got a crop circle essence, uh, which was basically like a mother tincture. And he put some of that into a sugar water, um, what would you call it? A, a solution, yeah. And started feeding the bees with this. But it, it had the frequency of this, um, this crop circle that was in the shape of a bee. So as soon as he administered this to a new hive, they started thriving. And he, he gave it to his neighbors and friends whose hives had died, and they got new hives, fed them this solution, and they're all thriving now. What, what would be your idea of what was actually going on there? First of all, why they're dying, and then why a crop circle essence based on bees might be of some help to them. Well, um, the bee thing, you know, I think they're dying for a couple different reasons. One is the um, the fact that so many pesticides have been sprayed, and pesticides are stabilized with heavy metals, and so the heavy metals end up in the soil, and now you've got the pesticide, and the, you know, bees don't stay home to wait for the pesticide to dry. They're out flying every day while you're spraying. Um, and they, you know, they get affected by that. Then they're affected by the heavy metals that were in the formula of the pesticide. And so now they're up taking these heavy metals, and it just, those heavy metals have some really destructive frequencies to them. So then you've got this whole, um, you know, Monsanto bit to put BT, which is Bacillus thuringiensis, in the plant so that they don't have to spray pesticides. That was the thinking. Bacillus thuringiensis is a bacteria or an organism that when an insect takes that, that BT in, it gets into their gastrointestinal system, it implants itself in the GI tract, it begins to grow, it grows and grows until it explodes the entire GI tract of the insect and the insect then dies. So for them to think that they were just going to target a few insects was absolutely and utterly stupid. And I don't know how the people who work for Monsanto can do the things that they do, but that's my own issue. So now I just read a report last week that that BT, Bacillus thuringiensis, has been found in mothers who have just delivered babies and their milk and in the um, GI tract of the babies. And we are headed for some terrible disasters. We just, um, you know, we, people, we need to have GMO um, stuff marked so that people can avoid it 
because that DT is a genetically modified thing. That's a, one of the things that's been genetically modified. Yes. So, now, you know, that, that's at the... Yeah, that whole genetically modified organism, that's a whole new discussion. And we're, unfortunately, we do have to leave it there because we are yeah. up against the clock here. So, Penny, okay. can we say thank you, profound thank you once again for an absolutely wonderful program, for the depth of your knowledge and how you're so open and willing to help people. And people can actually contact you at pennykelly.com or your email address is penny at pennykelly.com. Uh, we really encourage people to get in touch with you and go to the Learning Center there in Michigan. So with that, we thank you again. And remember our free group, Akashic Records, online tomorrow morning and every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, worldofempowerment.com. Next week, we have Susan and Philip Madley who will be talking to us about raw food and its benefits. And we know them personally, too, and they walk their talk, so it will be riveting also. If you'd like to come on the show and discuss your passion, or your spiritual business, contact us at angelrose.com on Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time. We send you our love, our blessings, and thank you for listening to Ahanu and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series. And as we say in Ireland, Slán agus de live Galair. Thank you, Penny. Thank you, thank you. Have a wonderful week. All right. Bye-bye. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Ten seconds.